What do you want? You're locked on to the big show, presented by Big O Tires. Just doing it big, you know. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. I want to remind you, join Hanson, Scotty, and The Big Show on Friday from 10 to 6 at the Warehouse, 1825 South, 300 West in Salt Lake. Prices so low, it'll blow your mind. Let's talk a little NFL uh, draft. Let's get out to The Zone phone. Joining us now, our friend, he's a former NFL scout and host of Peacock and Williamson Podcasts. He's our friend, Matt Williamson. What's going on, Matt? Not much. How you doing? Hey, we're great. Uh, I, I assume that uh, you're an NFL guy. You treat uh, the draft like uh, like a uh, it should be a national holiday, like all the other NFL guys, right? Oh yeah, it's the best day of the year. I mean, the best three days of the year. I mean, I always say, you know, those those three draft days, along with the beginning of free agency, is is really the only times of the year that NFL teams can't lie to you. They tell you exactly what they think of your team. You just have to figure it out. I mean, all the clues are there, and if you can decipher them, you know exactly what these these people think of their teams. So, Matt, uh, is Zach Wilson going number two to the Jets? Yo, I think so. I think that's a done deal, yes. Mm-hmm. There's no deception involved. What do you make of that pick, say, over Justin Fields? Fields is my number two behind Lawrence, but I certainly understand it. I mean, I think Wilson's an extremely good prospect. There's a lot to like. He's a great playmaker. I mean, he's got tons and tons of talent. I think he, you know, he's a good guy to rebuild this whole offense around. Should Zach himself want to go to the Jets? <laughs> That's a good question. I mean, history shows no, but I think the coach and GM in place gives you optimism. I mean, they're both new, but I think that there's a chance that there's a new culture there. I like what they did in free agency. Last year's draft I thought was pretty strong. So I think they're building in the right direction, but, you know, not an easy division. Belichick's still there, and the Bills look like a powerhouse and all kinds of pressure in that city, of course. It's not going to be easy. Matt, considering there's, what, four or five quarterbacks that are considered uh, or held in high regard, is that a measure of the talent of the players, or is that a measure of how important that position is? Uh, both, but I will say this is just a rare year. I mean, first of all, you have a rare first guy in Lawrence that would go first any year he came out. I mean, that, that is a, a once-in-a-decade type of prospect. And, you know, we have seen a couple of years, the Baker Mayfield class, where you see four or five first-round guys. But I don't think they're being manufactured or pushed up the board any more than any other quarterback class. I mean, of course they're going to go high. And if people think you're a starting quarterback, like look at Daniel Jones from New York with the Giants. Like, I didn't see a lot of starter traits, but because one team thought that he's a starter, he goes, what, sixth or seventh overall? So that's just the the nature of the beast. And the beauty of it, too, that people don't talk about enough is if you draft one of those five guys, and even if they're league average – 
that gives you so much more cap money to spend elsewhere. I mean, just having a quarterback on his rookie contract and not having to pay $30, $40 million a year gives you so many more advantages to team building. Who do you think is the best player in this draft who doesn't play quarterback? I think it's Kyle Pitts by a wide margin. I think he's – I don't know if I've ever seen anyone like him. I mean, that year that I spent with the Browns, it was Kellen Winslow Jr.'s rookie year, and seeing him back then was utterly amazing. But I haven't seen a tight end prospect since or a weapon like him in a long time. I mean, he beats up on some of the best corners in the league. They can't keep up with him, let alone his size and physicality and how he runs away from safeties and linebackers. I think he's a very special player. We heard a soundbite, I believe it was yesterday, from Matt Sanchez giving advice to Zach Wilson going to the Jets. Mm -hmm. Uh, And he talked a lot about the pressures of playing in New York. Do you think that's overcooked a bit, or do you think that that's really something that a player coming out of a school has to get used to in a hurry? I mean, I don't have firsthand experience, obviously, but the media there is very rough and fighting for headlines, and if that's at the cost of tearing apart a young player. And, and, and as much as that is, I think it's just a hard city to get used to. If you or me or whomever had to uproot and move to New York City or close to it or, you know, and get used to that style of living, it's not easy. Matt, I know you cover the Steelers closely, so I want to ask you this question. They they just re-signed uh, Mike Tomlin to an, an extension. And, you know, we cover the Jazz closely here, a different sport in the NBA, obviously, but the Jazz have a reputation for being really loyal to coaches. They've had four yeah. head coaches in the last 40 years, and, of course, the Steelers are, are have that very same reputation. So through that lens, what do you think that does for a franchise, and is that kind of why they're, they're sticking with Tomlin? They're, they're loyal to their guys. Very much so, and it's been highly successful. I mean, I'm 47 years old, and I've seen three head coaches in my hometown. You know I mean? Two of them are in the Hall of Fame, or Bill Cowher's about to go in. He would have went in if it wasn't for COVID. I mean, during the Tomlin era, if you look at the numbers and whatnot, only the Patriots are a more successful organization. I mean, they're probably the second most successful organization since the day Tomlin was hired until now. He's never had a losing record. I mean, in that stretch of games, that's pretty remarkable. I think it was a very easy decision to extend him. Matt, you mentioned Kyle Pitts being such a prospect at tight end. But other than other than the tight end position, all those wide receivers in this uh, class, which of them do you think is the best? I like Jamar Chase. Um, I have respect for the Bama guys. Don't get me wrong. Elijah Moore from Ole Miss is one of my favorites. I like Bateman a lot. But I think Chase from LSU easily stands alone as the top receiver in this draft. A lot more physical than the Bama guys. I mean, he dominated the toughest conference in the league as a 19-year-old and was the better player than Justin Jefferson on his own team. And Jefferson goes to the NFL the next year and sets all kinds of rookie records. A guy from Utah who went to school in Oregon is uh, Penny Sewell. I want to ask you about mm-hmm. him. What do you think the ceiling is for that dude? I think he could be the best offensive lineman in the league within a year or two. Mm-hmm. Um, another guy that's kind of like I mentioned with, with uh, Chase, when you watch his tape, it's hard to remember that he's only 19 years old, just pushing grown men around. 
he moves in a very uncommon manner for somebody that big and physical and powerful. Has a little bit of tech, technique work to do. I mean, he's not a, a perfect prospect, obviously. But, I mean, any O-line coach would look at him and just salivate to work with him. He's going to be a very high pick. Matt, uh, back in, in the days when you were scouting talent the way you were, what would you make of a quarterback coming out of a very small school with a real limited amount of time playing the way Trey Lance has done? Uh, does that frighten you at all? Or do you think, now look, this guy's a strapping athlete who's going to be successful? Yeah, it certainly frightens me. I mean, it's certainly one of the questionable things about him. And, you know, you look at Trubisky and Haskins and guys like that, they didn't have a lot of starts at the college level either. I mean, they were at bigger schools. The thing, and this is secondhand information, but the thing that I'm getting about Lance, though, is he is very advanced in terms of calling protections, you know, audible into the right play, I think there's a, you know, people look at him and say, boy, he played at a small school. He has to sit. Well, more was asked of him mentally, certainly than the Ohio State guys, even Lawrence, you know, maybe everybody but Mac Jones. So I'm not sure sitting him yet another year does him any good. He needs to play. Matt, last thing for me, and I apologize if we've uh, asked you or if I've asked you this uh, when we've had you on in the past, but how do you think Urban Meyer is going to do as an NFL coach? That's a tough one. <laughs> it really is because my season with the Browns was under Butch Davis. And one of the problems that that staff ran into was they didn't operate from the same deck as the rest of the league in terms of bringing talent in. They, boy, I knew this guy when I recruited him from Florida or I played against him in the big East. So they would draft to them and give those guys too much of benefit of the doubt. I hope Urban Meyer doesn't fall into that, but I do think he's going to be a really good recruiter, which is important in the NFL. Hey, come play with Trevor Lawrence. Come play in Jacksonville where there's no state tax, you know, things like that. We're going to dominate this division in the next couple of years. And by all accounts, he is a great culture guy. You know, this is the way we do things, and that's super important. I mean, we'll see. I mean, I, I usually have some doubts with college to NFL guys, though. I mean, it's just a different world. And last thing from me, uh, Matt, uh, we saw San Francisco make its move up to the number three pick. Is there a team out there that you think is has such a, a disposition or a need uh, to move up in a surprise way in this particular draft to position for a player that we might not know who it is? But I mean, I think the four spot with Atlanta is the most interesting you know, where, where the draft gets really interesting. There's going to be three quarterbacks off the board, and Atlanta has to think, hey, should we take Pitts, who we talked about? Should we take Lance or Fields, because rarely do we get an opportunity? Or is a team like Denver going to offer them a ton to move up? Um, another one that could move up is Washington. I mean, all of a sudden, Washington doesn't have five huge holes on draft day. They really need their quarterback. Could they – mortgage their future to move up. I mean, I think, you know, I mentioned Atlanta. I think Detroit could certainly move down. I think they're at seven. You know, they need everything. Moving down would make a lot of sense. I mean, on the spending spree that New England went on and the free agency might enable them to put a lot of draft picks together to go get a quarterback. Matt, thank you very much, as always, for jumping on with us. Enjoy the draft. Yeah, I will. It was fun. Thanks, guys. Thank you. That's our friend Matt Williamson. 
um, former NFL scout, as he talked about, and, of course, uh, co-host of the Peacock and Williamson podcasts. Make sure and follow his work. 